Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Eli Libby, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Kyle Nelson. Hello, hello. Today, we have a very special guest, Dom Einhorn. He's been in the business for 28 years, a serial entrepreneur, as well as an angel investor. So welcome to the show, Dom. We're extremely excited to have you here. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, you're, and you're in France, right, Dom? I'm in the southwest of France, uh, halfway between Bordeaux on the west and Toulouse on the south. All right. Oh, very cool. Uh, Where's that in relation to Paris? It's really, that's really <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> awesome. Well, awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Excited to chat. We have a really cool topic for everybody today. Um, so we're going to jump right in with uh, the podcast topic and then we'll go from there. So um, the topic today is three keys to entrepreneurial resilience. And we're going to break those down here shortly. But before we jump into that, Dom, uh, go ahead and give our listeners a background of who you are and kind of where you, how you got to where you are today. Sure. I was born and raised in France. I'm half French, half German. I'm from the northeast of France originally, the uh, Alsace-Lorraine, which is a region that was fought back and forth between France and Germany. It changed hands five times between 1870 and 1944. Wow. Uh, born and raised there. I was 23 years old when I moved to the U.S., to the West Coast in particular. Uh, launched my first startup in 1993, 1994, that sold in 2001. Had my fair share of uh, failures and successes, a lot more failures than successes. And fortunately, the uh, successes, the few successes made up for the failures. Awesome. What, uh, what style of businesses do you kind of focus on? So we're pure tech. Uh, so we're an incubator accelerator. I started Unicorn in the spring of 2018, moved back to France after a 25-year stint in the U.S., the idea was to take advantage of a burgeoning ecosystem in the uh, French tech uh, arena and uh, apply what I had learned in the U.S., bring it back to France, while at the same time opening our doors to uh, startups from around the world. Uh, we're roughly uh, 30 staff inside of Unicorn today, hailing from 18 different countries, and which is rare in our space, primarily uh, female versus male. Wow. Awesome. That's so cool. How many different startups are a part of it? 11 right now, uh, seven on site and uh, four that we are uh, incubating remotely due to COVID. Awesome. And then they're all tech based, you said? 100% tech based. So AR, VR, uh, strong point, uh, digital media, AI, a uh, little bit of agri-tech because we are in a rural area, okay. uh, and a lot of fintech as well. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. That's so cool. Very cool. And um, we had talked a little bit about on our, in, on our intro call, but um, the Silicon Valley landscape and kind of what that looks like from a tech point of view, what, right. what, what are your opinions on Silicon Valley? Everybody thinks you got to go there to pitch your tech startup. What, what are your thoughts on that? Probably similar to my uh, opinion on the US dollar today. Okay. So the, the, hey, the heydays are behind us. True. So, I, you know, you see, you know, unfortunately so, so uh, I would say, not necessarily for the dollar, but certainly for Silicon Valley, uh, where, you know, in the 90s, you almost had no choice. Uh, unless you were in the Silicon Valley, you were kind of like doomed to fail. Uh, today, I think what we're seeing is as a result of the internet becoming ubiquitous along with broadband, soon 5G, it's as easy to start launch your startup uh, soon on Mars than it is in Silicon Valley. <laughs> That's so true. Wow. Yeah, we have a, um, the college that we went to. A lot of people head to the Bay Area after uh, graduating because we're only about three hours from it. We're just mm -hmm. a diploma mill pretty much for the Bay. And I'll tell you what, it's it's 
it's way different even what it was 10 years ago because people just have the choice now to really go anywhere because there's so many cool startup communities and extremely cool incubators like you have yourself where you can really just kind of cruise and go anywhere and see where your right fit is, see if there's other entrepreneurs in that space outside of the Bay Area that you can kind of fit in. And especially because there's so much movement going on in other cities. Yeah. Like last week we were in Austin, Texas and here in the States, it's just booming with startups right now. Oh yeah. Um, so it's cool that now you have the ability to get out of the Bay Area and I mean, the entry point of getting in the Bay yeah. like two years ago, you have to be dual income making a couple hundred thousand dollars. And that's yeah. just getting you a, mm-hmm. <laughs> something livable for a bit. And you're broke by 4 p.m. Exactly. It's true. Because then it's you're true. expected to go network at the bar and you're paying 15 bucks for a beer. <laughs> so it's like, it's ridiculous. Exactly. And, you know, my, my, in my case, you know, in, in L.A., if I would, if I, when I went up, got up at 4.15 a.m. to do my 15 miles, I was doing okay. If I get up at 5.30, I would spend three, three hours on the freeway on the four or five heading south. So it's really cool seeing, seeing incubators open up, especially in rural areas and different cities around the U.S. to kind of, around the world, excuse yeah. me, to kind of offer that, you know, different option. Yeah, that's really cool what you guys are doing. Um, before we jump into the topic, explain what you, what you told us earlier um, about how entrepreneurs are broadcasting on FM, but the investors are listening on AM. Can you break that down a little bit? I think that's a super fascinating yeah. point for our investors. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the core reasons why we decided to create Unicorn. We say we, it's myself and my wife, who's my co-founder here in, the, in, the, in France, is that when I first launched my, when I launched my first startup in the U.S. in 1993-1994, I was pitching my first investor. I was very enthusiastic about my digital media startup. And uh, I was super excited that someone actually paid attention to me from the investment community. So this angel investor who was a lot older than I was at that time was sitting in front of me, listening to me. And after about 10 minutes of me pitching him, he literally fell asleep in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe it would be time to uh, shut up, let him speak. <laughs> and then he gave me the same treatment. You know, we were literally didn't understand each other. You know, he didn't understand technology as well. And when he actually talked about pre-seed rounds, seed rounds and series A, I had no idea what he was talking about. So I think very little has changed on that front over the last 25 years. Uh, you know, I call it the expectation gap. And the expectation gap comes, as you mentioned, because of the fact that investors are listening to AM and startup entrepreneurs are pitching to FM. So, you know, they don't understand each other at all. It's a little bit better today than a quarter century ago, but we have a long ways to go. So what we're actually trying to do is to resolve that gap by bringing both parties to the same table. Fortunately, today, you have people like myself who actually started in the business as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. which didn't exist back in the early 90s. That's so we've been sitting on both sides of the table. We've been pitched. And at the same time, we have been pitching for a very long time. And you can kind of like level the playing field between the two. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Speaking to... It's just like... Yeah, it's amazing. It, when there's these um, paradigm cognitive shifts that happen, I feel like, in different communities... Um, it changes the whole playing field for so many different people and not just the tech entrepreneur, but also, or the startup entrepreneur, but also it's a whole change for the, the investor as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make yeah. wiser investments mm-hmm. and you can make sure that you're pitching on the same frequency um, to those investors that they understand. That's really cool. That's very. That's cool. a shift. That's really cool that you're kind of spearheading because it is really important, especially yeah. when a lot of it's not face to face anymore and it's just all through online it's important because then a lot of the emotions taken out of it. 
It's amazing. Look, the last deal I did, to your point, Kyle, the last deal I did was today. Today, I actually made the wire transfer via TransferWise, because how else would you do it today, to an entrepreneur who is actually in, out of all places, in San Francisco. <laughs> and, and the time from the pitch to my wire was two hours. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That would, that would, would have never been. He was broadcasting on FM. I was listening to FM. Right. Right. In, 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 a, in a nutshell, it's in the DeFi, it's in the DeFi space applied to music. He's built a huge community of musicians, of independent record labels, just waiting for his token, uh, built on a blockchain with very mature technology, but you know, a, a lot of fire power behind it, a lot of maturity. That's so cool. That's very cool. Wow. Well, yeah. Shout out to that. That's really cool. So let's dive into um, the meat of the podcast. So, um, there's three key takeaways for entrepreneur resilience. Um, let's just jump into the first one there. Uh, what we, we kind of talked about uh, was really defining what failure means uh, and how you push that up against success. Yeah, I think depending on where you're listening from uh, around the world, the definition of failure may be very different. Yeah. Uh, I think the U.S. in general has somewhat of a, an open approach to failure where it's more accepted, for example, than in France. In France, until very recently, if you had failed as an entrepreneur, you literally couldn't even open up a bank account for eight years, right? So that's not embracing failure. That's a fact. It wow. was recently resolved. It's absurd, right? And actually was recently voted out of law, fortunately. But I've kind of like built over the last 25 years my own definition of failure. In my opinion, you cannot succeed unless you fail many times. And failure is a stepping stone to success. I'm not just using vague terms here. I'm going to give you my own rule, which is what I call the rule of 36 over one. When I first moved to the US, I was in the business of selling websites in 1993, 1994, when people didn't know what a website was. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who had heard of the internet, thought it was a fad, so, right? so it was like selling ice to Eskimos. So I was pitching 36 people to close one sale. So I failed 95% of the time along the way, but I sold that business in 2001 for seven figures plus. Right, So I was rewarded with a few mere successes for all of these failures. And I think a lot of people tend to lose focus on actually what it takes in terms of resilience, grit, persistency, right, in, in order to get to from, from A to Z. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can live by that rule, and I think, I think you're right here in the United States, I think it's a little bit more flexible. Um, we kind of preach failure in a way at our, at our, in our business mm -hmm. where let's not be afraid of the word. Let's yeah. use it yeah. as something to learn from so we can succeed down the road. Exactly. However, however that's the exception to the rule. In most, right. you know, I op operate around the world. It's extremely yeah. rare. You go to the Middle East, you go to, to Asian countries, you go to a big, many, many parts of Europe. It's a big stigma. You fail. You're kind of like pointed by, by the finger. It's actually one of the reasons why I actually never came back from the U.S. when I first went there. Because I said, I don't want to give people the satisfaction of actually seeing that I've, and, you know, I went through failures. I was like, I'm going to stick through this because I'm never going to give these people the failure of seeing me come back and tell me, look, Dom, I told you so. Yeah, that's true. And I never did. I came back eight years later after I sold my company. <laughs> that's awesome. I think, uh, to your point, patience plays a big role into that. Right? I think people think in the micro versus the macro. Like you said, you failed all these times in a probably a, a decent amount of time or a shorter amount of time, but then it really did pay off. So I think that's really an evolution of you gotta think high level, yeah. And you got to think long-term. So that's, that's great. I think that's a great, great one to, to start off those kind of three keys. 
So the second one I think I'm most excited about uh, is um, really the, what do you have what it takes? Um, and do you mm-hmm. have what it takes from and understanding what IQ and what EQ means? I don't really think a lot of people know what EQ means. I think it's mm-hmm. a relatively new term, but can you break that one down for us? And, and as yeah, a, it's, like, it's, it's, it's actually interesting you mentioned that. And I agree with you that most people probably don't know what it means. Yeah. And it's sad. Everybody knows what IQ means because we're all being measured by that, uh, by that metric, right? What's your IQ? Very often, anybody asks you, what's your EQ? When in fact, when it comes to entrepreneurial success, at least in my opinion, EQ is a lot more important than IQ, right? right? So it's emotional quotient. It's basically, in, an, in a nutshell, uh, grit, determination, what uh, makes you stick to your guns and, and, and work through thick and thin, what makes you get knocked down and get back up mm-hmm. versus IQ, right? Obviously, we all know what IQ is, you know. Basically, uh, the definition of intelligence is measured, you know, by by IQ on uh, on the Richter scale for 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 intellect. Yeah. And obviously, you have this rare breed of people that actually have high IQ and high EQ, which are very very rare. You know, I maybe met a handful in my life, and they're extraordinary individuals that perform at a heavy, at a very very high level. They can also be solo entrepreneurs and actually take on a lot of tasks at the same time and be successful where most would fail. However, if given the choice between a super high Q person with low EQ and the alternative, very high EQ versus lower, I don't want to say too low IQ, I'll take the latter any day. Mm. Right? So I've seen so many high IQ individuals and teams fail because they fail to surround themselves with high EQ people. Right. Typically, high EQ people are great salespeople, great marketers, great, uh, great voices, and they actually get a sale for you. They actually generate revenue. And I have news for you if you're not aware of that. Unless you generate revenue, nothing happens. Yeah. Right? You can have the greatest business mod- model in the world. If you don't put some points on the board, you're, you're fooling yourself. It's, it's, it's hard to start a business these days where you can just keep burning cash. That ain't yeah. <laughs> That ain't really too realistic anymore. And it's a big fallacy today because, you know, for those of you who are old enough in the 90s, I remember recently I opened up one of my storage boxes in March of 1998. My monthly bandwidth bill that I paid was $8,000 US. And I used 1,000 times less bandwidth than I'm using today. Wow. And, I'm, and it's costing me nothing today. It's, right. It's, in, in between 1999 and 2001, if you wanted to launch an e-commerce website, you needed a database, you needed an Oracle server license. Per instance, it would cost you $32,000 US and we're running five at a time. So unless you raised a half a million dollars to a million bucks, you had no point being business in the first place. So today, fast forward 25 years, you have this massive democratization of the process, demonetization of the process. Anybody can launch a business instantly over a weekend during a hackathon. Right. The yep. downside is because everybody can launch a business so easily, everybody becomes your competitor. So you have to stand out from a crowd in a different way. Super saturated. Yeah. Yeah. I think though it speaks to having a, having that IQ EQ um, balance though. Those are the individuals that will probably succeed and move forward and see a different opportunity than others. Yep. And some of the kind of synonyms you were calling out, they, that defines resilience, right? Motivation, grit, everything you said defines resilience and, and then a good entrepreneur should have a high EQ. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. 
I, it really speaks to what we've been going through in the last couple couple weeks with our like leadership training. So that's cool. Um, the last one is building a strong team behind you. Uh, that one sounds pretty obvious, but do you have any kind of tips to our audience to? Yeah, I think yeah, I think actually the topic we just discussed, IQ EQ, is a good transition to that. So let's say you're a high IQ person or a high EQ person, uh, and you want to build you want to actually build a successful startup. By definition, if you're building a successful startup, you intend to scale, maybe not today, but sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to prepare for that today. So if you're high IQ, look for a high EQ person to complement your team and, and vice versa. The last person I need on my team is another me. It's like building a puzzle. Right. That piece is already on my, on, on, my, on, my, on, my, on my deck, right? And I have a gaping hole left and right. My job as a team builder is to fill in those gaping holes and anticipate what's about to happen. Unless you're planning to fail, at which point in time, I recommend not scaling at all, right? But if you actually want to become successful, you know, it's probably a better idea that you start thinking about what that, what scalability looks like and what kind of human uh, people, you, how you want to surround yourself, what kind, of, what, what kind of individuals you need on your team in order to get there. Perfect. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they don't understand really how to build a team, they just attract like-minded individuals so they can be in agreement and be what they think is balanced and someone that can say, oh yeah, I got someone to agree with me. My gut feeling's right. When really you don't want that. You want to bring all the different, someone that's an analyzer, someone that's an influencer, someone that's a harmonizer harmonizer and bring it all together. And that's really how you're going to build the perfect team because then you'll have full leverage. Um, Yeah. Amazing. Couldn't agree more. Last person you know on your team is somebody who pats you on your back and say, "Great job!" When you're doing the wrong job. Yep. Exactly. And then Although he- I make you do that for me, but <laughs> <laughs> we all need a little bit of reinsurance every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think that also speaks to patience, and I think that could be yep. another element of uh, the three, four keys uh, to entrepreneurial resilience: is to have patience, building a team, not just jumping into a team member you think right. fits well and pats you on the back. It's somebody that. It's going to be you know, 100%. butting back. And that is patience. And that takes a while to find. So, yeah, it takes, especially with people, right? Because by yeah. definition, technology is scalable. Humans are not, right? Yeah. So you actually have to adapt. This you know, adaptation takes time, takes patience. It's, it's, it's my weakness personally. So I'm the most impatient person that I've ever come across, right? So I, uh, I, I sin many, many times on that front. And I'm always trying to catch myself. Uh, trying to do better. Yeah, I love it. I love That's it. That's awesome. Well, uh, kind of summarizing everything. Yeah. Uh, three keys. We've got uh, really defining what failure actually looks like right. and being able to embrace failure. That was a great point. Uh, second one was really understanding who, who kind of a person you are, EQ, yeah. IQ. There's plenty of assessments out there for free that people can take yep. to understand their EQ as well and their team. Exactly. Yep. And then the last one is team building and really compiling everything that we talked about before and bringing that all, wrapping that up into into a teamwork, building a team that is uh, resilient. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dom, for jumping on and kind of chatting with us a little bit. Um, If someone wanted to reach out to you or look more into Unicorn, where can they find you and, and, uh, and what could you do for them? Sure. Um, Myself personally, LinkedIn is the best way to reach me. Dom Einhorn, D-O-M. Last name is E-I-N as in Nancy, H-O-R-N. Einhorn means unicorn in German. Uh, Website is Unicorn Incubator. That's unicorn with a Q. Dom at unicorninkubator.com is my email. And uh, for those of you who want to come to France, looking for an excuse to come to France, come on October 1, 2, and 3 of 2021 for the Startup Super Cup. Hmm. Roughly 1,000 investors, uh, 800 or so angel investors, 
a competition between 100 and 120 startups in the tech space. Uh, great prize giveaways uh, over a three-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in an area where we have the highest density of medieval castles in the world, 1,002 medieval castles in a 25-mile radius. Huh. Okay, wow. I think you just sold us yeah. on that. That yeah. sounds like a good <laughs> Awesome, Dom. Well, thanks for sharing that. And we'll um, we'll share that with our network as well because we're obviously connected with a ton of entrepreneurs. So. Yep. And maybe we'll see you there. That might be yeah, kind of a cool, be cool trip to do. That'd be great. Actually, there will be a lot of podcasters. We have a whole floor that's reserved for the media. So I'll get you guys a, media, a VIP media pass. Perfect. Well, well, awesome. Well, right, thanks, well, we'll Dom, so much, man. We'll talk soon and appreciate you. Thanks for having me, guys.